Hey, this is Nancy Giles, and it's time for another edition of The Giles Files. Check it out. What do you hope to achieve with your show and your platform? What are you hoping for? To impose Islamic law, Sharia law <laughs> across it. America. It's going it. to be turkey bacon, folks. <laughs> hope Gather your pork because it's oh. gone. Every single butterball turkey sold in the United States of America has been sacrificed to Allah. Was that the some of the things that people said in that movie? Some oh, of the clips halal were so turkey, halal turkey. Turkey. It's going to be hard. <laughs> Americans, if anyone who likes pork, is got no. I, I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact, and I hope I can do it through comedy and the media. I think the media. I, I open my show every day saying, "I'm Dino Bidal, and I want to be your Muslim friend." Oh, Muslims, you know they are so chummy. They're super cute and fluffy, a lot like your Sharpay. Hey, that's a cute dog. Okay, let's do this. All right. That was the voice of Dean Obadala, who is a wonderful comedian, filmmaker, producer, director, has a show. What's your show on Sirius? Sirius XM Radio's The Dean Obadala Show. I have to tell you that my producer, Nancy White, and I both watched The Muslims Are Coming, which was fabulous. Oh, thank and you. what year was that movie made? 2011, 12. And here's the thing we're sitting in 2017 right now, and it's as important now as it was then. I think it's actually more important now more. than it was then, to be honest, because. At the time, there was ISIS had not even been created, and there was just the anti-Muslim mosque issues going on. Right. But the idea came. Me and Nagin Farsad were buddies. We'd done a bunch of projects together in the past, and we're talking about what can we do because we were both upset by these anti-mosque protests, which really were anti-Muslim protests. Absolutely. They anti-mosque. They're really like we don't want Muslims here. We don't want us in the country. That kind of stuff. So we're both comedians. Let's raise money. Go to the South, go to the West, do all free shows. And it was all free shows on purpose. We wanted people, if you didn't like Muslims, but you like free comedy, you might show up. Right, but so making we, it free, there's literally no excuse to right. not come, really. Because you're already going to have self-selection by free, but if you have paying tickets, you're really going to have, only people on your side are going to show up. No of one's course. Like, I hate Muslims, I don't pay 25 bucks to watch them. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Al-Qaeda calls up and claims responsibility for things they could have never done. They go, okay, do you know the eclipse? We did it for Allah. <laughs> we did a lot of street action too, like set up a table, like ask a Muslim a question in the streets of the South, or name that religion in the streets of Alabama. We're gonna read a quote, mm -hmm. and you're gonna tell us if it was Old Testament, New Testament, or the Quran. Sure. <laughs> and here we go. Which holy book stipulates that a girl who does not bleed on her wedding night should be stoned to death? Old Testament, New Testament, the Quran. Uh, the Quran. I'll say Quran. Quran. It is the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, dude. I was wondering if you got any real problems with those street things. Were there, were there any violent responses to you? Did you get any? Were you f no. afraid? We had a few people yell things like, go back to your country at us and stuff like that. Which they is did. In New Jersey, in my case. It's kind of awkward to go back to Jersey, but I have to <laughs> make them happy. The, but it was also a different time. I wonder if now where politicians have ginned up fear of Muslims to a whole new level, especially saw Donald Trump use anti-Muslim bigotry as a big part of his platform, that would it be different? Would we get yelled at more? Because I think the bigots are truly more emboldened today than they've ever been. I think that you live in a climate where saying horrible things about blacks or Jews or Muslims is okay, then the next step is acting on that, and it's violence. 
in America, we see it more and more that Muslims are the terrorists, blacks are thugs. That's the way they'll use it. Of course, yeah. And white people are, who do bad things always have mental problems. problems. I mean, oh, yeah, it's guy, never the enough. easy access to guns. They're mental <laughs> cases, and and you know, right. And somehow that's excused. No one wants to have an honest conversation about many issues in America. Well, we don't pull the correctness. Let's talk about access to guns. Let's talk about the rise in white supremacists out there. Let's talk about three guys being arrested in Kansas in September, known as the Crusaders. They were, as the Christian Crusaders, planning to kill Muslims. Or a guy named Robert Dargert, who was just convicted a few weeks ago in federal court for planning to kill Muslims, another white supremacist. Another guy, Glennon Scott Crawford, sentenced to 30 years to life for building a dirty bomb, a radioactive bomb, to kill Muslims. These are all white supremacists plotting to kill my community just because of our faith. Donald Trump won't mention it, and the media won't even call them terrorists. This I is don't stunning. understand, because literally the definition of terrorism is is making acts and threats and whatnot to put a community in a state of terror. Well, the reality is that Muslim terrorism gets ratings. It scares people. It's an outside threat. I don't know what people in the media really care, executives. I have no idea, but I know they care about ratings. So what gets them to the point where if a Muslim is terrorism, it leads, but if a Muslim is a, a, a killed by terrorism, it's buried? <sighs> I don't know if it's truly not caring about us, but I know the way our community feels, that our lives mean very little in this country, that there's a spike in bullying of Muslims over 50%. And the worst part is that it's about 50% of Muslim students in California said they get bullied for their faith. 20% of that is caused by teachers. Mm-hmm. So you have teachers, by teachers. teachers are mocking them to be funny. Like, is that a bomb in your backpack? Are you serious? Yeah, and it's all been quantified. You have a situation where the very person who's supposed to be the one you go to when you're bullied is the one who's doing the bullying. Where do you go? We must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what part politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into uh, supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. Where do you stand on Malcolm X? I mean, I know he I was a leader cool. from like years Malcolm and X. years ago. No, he's great. I'm in my Malcolm X stage right now. I'm oh, very, man. Like, no, no, any means necessary. So do no, you I, think I, that I, maybe I, what people think of, I mean, that was that was an, uh, an older stereotype of, right. of angry black Muslims that were going to take over and hated white people. Do you think some of that has carried it, over to it, people these days or it's a... It's probably more for Louis Farrakhan today who's oh, yeah. alive than okay. Malcolm X. And Nation of Islam theologically is different than Sunni Islam. In fact, that's why Malcolm X then left moved and became part of a Sunni Islam more mainstream Islam I like Malcolm X more for the idea of standing up for your community not the black supremacist the idea of black nationalism that that to me I don't like that as much I don't like white nationalism either white supremacy but ultimately Malcolm X evolved and went yes. on Hajj and talked about the beauty of Islam I know how, my dad actually met Malcolm X get out he, he, obviously when he was alive and the 60s I said, how did you meet him? He said, Malcolm X wanted to meet Muslims who lived in America who were Sunni. So it was probably during his transition time. Right. And he met, and my dad was, I don't know, invited through a friend, and he met. And I said, what do you remember from the meeting? He said, oh, he had a question. But the one thing I remember, he kept saying, they're going to kill me. Brothers and sisters and friends, and I see some enemies. <laughs> I didn't hear a word she said. I was, I was looking at the James Brown wig. <laughs> Republican responses now today called you the typhoid Mary of the Obama White House. I'm sorry that that disgusts you. You're shaking your head. At some point, April, you're going to have to take no for an answer. Stop shaking your head again. One insult makes April Ryan stronger. 
Sean Spicer can't make her feel small. And some smarmy tweets from social media geeks don't do anything at all. All that malice makes her ten feet tall. I leaked nothing to nobody. And when you accuse Susan Rice, you better know you're going to fall. She was an NSA patriot who did her job and made ignorant men feel small. No sweat girlfriend will make them crawl. When O'Reilly disses Maxine Waters and says her hair is like a James I love James Brown. And he acts like a jerk to other women at work. Fox buys their silence, but Bill's still a big kid out of the past. And they'll do a happy jig. Whenever any of my brilliant, beautiful sisters is attacked by some partisan, Hunt scum, alt-right, unbalanced dude Without any facts Just remember They should change their meds They're lousy in bed Yeah, that's what I said Be who you are, do what you do and let us get on with discussing the real issues of this country. I'm in Hell's Kitchen, New York, in the playhouse of the 52nd Street Project, having just done a playmaking play, and this is the playwright. Uh, Ma'am, would you introduce yourself, please? Your name? My name is Faith Elise Villanueva, and I'm nine years old. Faith, what's the name of our play? It, uh, it's called Lost Twins. Can you describe what the play is about? It's about two characters. They're both brown lollipops, and they are twins, but they're not twins to each other. They're twins, but their twins are somewhere else. Um, that's why it's called Lost Twins. And so they basically go, they get fired from their job because uh, of what they're saying about it, negative things. And then they go to a French fry bar and they, they want to trick people to get sugar so everything can be nice because before it used to be nice and pretty. Now they're all, um, now it's bad. I like how one actress, his name is Michael, he plays Frisk, Fred's Taken Chicken. Um, it, how, and one of the parts, it, it says um, how everyone remember when they used to be nice and smiley emojis. Now they're all just angry poop emojis. He emphasizes on the P, so he goes, now they're just all angry poop emojis. What, what do you like about me? I'm in your play. Just a little quick thing. Oh, uh, I like how you don't have the same laugh as Michael. So you do, um, like when we were practicing it, you, ha you had a, a darker one, but now you have a light, uh, other one that's um, lighter. How did you get the idea for this play? So um, I, me and Chelsea were eating a lollipop. So we had lollipops. I love lollipops. I just don't like the root beer ones, and they didn't have a good world. So that's why they, that's why they had the brown lollipop. And now today you're officially a member of the 52nd Street Project. Yep. 
Faith, how does that feel? It feels amazing because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that um, your dreams would actually come true. And do you, do you intend to keep writing? Because I think your playwriting is wonderful. Of course. All right, that was Faith Villanueva of the 52nd Street Project. Say come bye to everybody. Bye. So I've been a volunteer at the 52nd Street Project since like 1988. And it's a project that changes these kids' lives. It's brought me so much joy over the years as an actor and a playwright and director and as a general volunteer. If you want more information on this very worthy project, check out their website, 52project.org. You're alone on the street. Four black guys woke up dressed like Barack Obama. You're not worried at all. Four black guys woke up dressed like G-Unit. Maybe you're concerned. You see an old Asian woman walking on the street. You don't care. You see an old Asian woman driving the car next to you, you might get nervous. <laughs> you see four Arab guys in a deli in Nashville, you don't care. You see four Arab guys about to board your flight speaking Arabic to each other. <laughs> you then run up to the black guy you used to be afraid of for protection. <laughs> say, shizzle my nizzle, it might be a terrorism. And now back to my favorite Muslim, Dean Obadala. I look white, but I identify as a minority. Easily. So you're, you're Muslim, and uh, someone in your family is Italian, someone... My mom's Italian, my dad's Palestinian. Okay, but you were raised Muslim. I was, my, I was actually raised with both faiths. I see. Where where were you born? New Jersey. All right, so... Like looking the way you... <laughs> looking the way where you, were you look... Born? Where were you born? You have proof of that. I know! I have proof of my childhood. I, I'm saying that in a strong way for, for a reason, right. because you're, you're from the U.S. Right. You're a, a, a citizen. So growing up, uh, did they tease you? Did they mock you? Did, no, I what never, was the story? I never was picked on because of my name or my heritage. I was picked on for typical things like, you got a stupid face. Like, <laughs> things that kids say to each other, like, I don't like your face. And well, you're a loser. This is Jersey, I grew up in North Jersey. This you're a loser. Is, right, it's that. But it was, I swear, in fact, my father, my teacher in third grade asked me to bring my father to show and tell because they had never met a Muslim man from the wow. Middle East. So I brought him in and- Were you he, nervous or excited I when was she excited. Asked? I'm like, sure, it's great, bring my dad. And people are like, were the kids afraid? I'm like, I didn't bring him in a cage with a sheet. <laughs> And go, behold, the Arab man. You know, and but today, you know what? If you brought a Muslim dad to school, there would be an outrage by certain parents. You going, better you try believe to indoctrinate it. our kids to Islam. And they didn't even want President Obama to talk to students on the first day of school, like all presidents have, right. because they called that an indoctrination. Right. Well, he's black and he was quote unquote a secret Muslim. Which brings up another question I have. How did you feel when people constantly accused President Obama of being Muslim as if that was a damning thing. Well, it's because they couldn't say the N-word. They can say the M-word. So they can use Muslim when, in place of the N-word. Um, they Look, they conflated the two on purpose on the right. They they hate Muslims. They have a lot of problems with African-Americans. I'm not saying they want to kill them all, but they don't feel fondly about them. Let's put no. it that way. So the idea that there's a black president, and let's add another layer. He's a Muslim, and he's from Kenya. He's and, not one of us. Right, he's not one of us. He can't be one of us. You know, America has made great strides, but obviously we, we have so much more work to go. When you're We're, passing for white, are you ever in the rooms? Do you ever hear no, because, crap that you know people why? say? No, because most of my friends are probably progressive or of color now. Pre-9-11, I had all white friends. All their names had like Monica and Chandler and <laughs> Joey. That was their names. And what? after 9-11, now my friends, I swear to you, I mean, even on my show, it's just one person of color after another because that's the voices I want to elevate. To me, that's what's important. So... But what kind I've of heard things... some racism when I was growing up and stuff in Jersey. I mean, it's North Jersey. Yeah. You hear stuff, but... Did you ever hear... Did you, I think you were talking about things that people say not I knowing mean, that you're Muslim. Muslim. It happens all the time. Tell, I mean, I'm like, a Muslim undercover brother. Where see, like, see, see. Saying stuff about... 
No, there's been many times where people said Muslims, they're all bad or they want to kill us and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've been joking my act about a guy. I was at a pizza place and TV was on and the guy goes, see these Muslims on TV? It was news. And I go, yeah, he goes, we should kill them all and let God sort them out. And I said, sir, that's not nice. I'm Muslim. He goes, you don't look it. I'm like, well, that just makes it easy for me to achieve the goals of my mission. And, you know, so my... <laughs> How did so, he react? Uh, he kinda, like, I think he got it. I'm not sure. But the idea is that comedy can be used to raise certain issues about that. I love taunting bigots. I mean, when I'm Trump supporters, every time I piss off a Trump supporter, an angel gets their wings. Oh, like it really makes me like, extremely... It is a wonderful life. It, it makes me truly happy. When did you start to realize, oh, maybe this funny thing could make me a living? Because you're a, a trained lawyer. Is that right? I practiced law for a few years. I quit being a lawyer in 1998 to become a page at NBC. Oh, you're I was kidding. a lawyer for like four or five years. I became a page. So wait, the pay probably really dropped down dramatically. Yeah, I went from a really good salary to $10 an hour. What was the worst thing about being a lawyer? Being a lawyer. <laughs> that was it. Right there. It was, that was the hardest part. And then I got hired at Center Live to do rights and clearance because they knew I was a lawyer and they liked me. I worked at the show as a page. I uh, assigned to the show. So then I worked there for like seven or eight seasons doing one year was reception. And it was great. SNL was, I learned a lot about comedy, about TV. Even it helps my show. I had to produce comedy segments through everything I learned at Center Live. I had no plan. I just like doing comedy. I was mm -hmm. hoping it would work out. I could make a living from it. And that happened. And then I started touring all over, touring in the Middle East a lot. And that was great. It was a lot of fun. And then I started becoming a little bit more political again. And now I write serious articles for CNN and Daily Beast, and my radio show is comedic and serious at the yeah. same time. And well, your articles are serious with some humor in them, Depending too. Depending on, sometimes they're just angry. Right, uh, right. That's Malcolm X. Yeah. But when the Malcolm, Malcolm part <laughs> comes up. So it's all come full circle. Like, I was involved in politics, now I'm back, more commenting on it. And, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll potentially run for office. I'm not sure. I debate all the time what's more effective at achieving the goals I want to change the world for the better place. If I was given the choice between being a U.S. senator or having a full-time TV show or a radio show that's mainstream America and have an impact like the progressive version of Rush or Hannity, I would, then I would say like that's more, I could be yeah. more effective doing that. You really I could reach could be. around the country. I can elevate voices that I think are so important, underrepresented like our communities. Yes. Um, and try to change politicians' minds on issues. So it's a question. Oh snap, once again. This is such bull, my friend. Dean needs to find Snapple everywhere. Like the man can't function. Like his blood runs Snapple. How can you have all this stuff and not have Snapple license? Does it kill you just to have like a couple of, how much Mountain Dew do you need? I mean, let's be honest. We have something that we have to, uh, oh, oh, session Snapple. that you have with I Snapple. Love Snapple. Can you explain what all that's what? about? I just love Snapple. Well, do you, how's it explained? Do you like chicken? I like chicken. Do you like food? I what like do you mean, food. do I like chicken? Yes, I, mean, I do. I, love I actually chicken do. Too. No, what I'm saying, like, do you like any food? I like, I, how do you explain any food you like? Well, I mean, you I noticed like Snapple. during the movie you were going from place to place yeah. just so upset that you couldn't find Snapple. We What's try, with that? I tried to get Snapple to sponsor us, too. Absolutely. And they wanted to see this script. I'm like, it's a documentary. And then we have to see a cut Are of it. Are you serious? I'm like, you're not going to like this movie. So I'm like, no corporation is going to be tied to uh, this. But, but that's just I a, just like, yeah. but I've cut down to only one a day because it's empty calories. Well, there's, I know. Well, there's a, <laughs> we got you a big one because, you this know, is, you deserve a like big one. Days. You are a great guest Thank and you a very really much. cool guy. Thanks very much, Nancy. Great. Thank you. And you'll the sounds you'll be hearing next are me hugging a Muslim. Hang on. <laughs> oh, thank you. Great. And a good hugger, too. Let me repeat that. Every single solitary butterball turkey 
in the United States of America has been sacrificed to Allah. Well, that's our show. Thanks to our guests, Dean Obadala and playwright Faith Villanueva. The Giles Files was created by Nancy Giles and Nancy Wyatt, produced, directed, and edited by Nancy Wyatt, recorded at our studios in Weehawken, New Jersey, and at Sirius XM Studios in New York City. Check out the documentary, The Muslims Are Coming, produced and directed by Dean Obadala and Nagin Farsad, and available on Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. Special thanks to James Maresca and the folks at Sirius XM, to the 52nd Street Project and Showbiz Studios in New York City, to the amazing Susie Felber, and to our future big-name sponsors. We'll be back soon with another edition of The Giles Files, okay? 